Hey everybody, Theo Fleury, Patriot Warrior. My guest today is Jackie Coffin. Jackie works on helping people build their emotional intelligence through education and empowerment. Today's theme is narcissism. What is it? How do we recognize it? What tactics are used by a narcissist? Welcome to the show, Jackie. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. Um, so explain to us what narcissism is. All right. I actually have a definition here. I'm just going to read off of it on my screen here. Mm -hmm. um, so narcissistic personality disorder is defined as a pervasive pattern of grandiosity and fantasy or behavior, a need for admiration and a lack of empathy. And then there's some other um, characteristics that fall under this. So grandiose sense of self-importance, preoccupied with fantasies, believes he or she is special, requires excessive admiration, has a sense of entitlement, is interpersonally exploitative, lacks empathy, is often envious of others or perceives others as envious of him or her, shows arrogant, haughty behaviors. Hmm. These are listed in the DSM five. Um, somebody can either have all or some of these to be uh, regarded as narcissistic, but these are the narcissistic personality disorder traits. From a genetic perspective, are people just born this way? It's a good question. <laughs> it's sort of like, is it genetics? Um, are some people born with a predisposed lack of empathy more so than other people? Is it their environment that they grow up in? I think there can be a lot of factors that right. play into it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So would trauma, would a trauma experience bring somebody into that narcissistic sort of bubble? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Especially depending on like what type of trauma happens. Um, and there's different types of narcissism too. There's a more overt narcissism, which is kind of your kind of classic out there, really bubbly, people like to be around them. You can kind of pinpoint them in the crowd. And then there's mm -hmm. also a covert narcissist, which is sort of born more out of a victim mentality. I think that person who takes on some covert narcissistic traits could have had some trauma that, that then causes that to happen. Like how have we seen this take place in society? Very good question. Um, so I like to like, my one theory is if you go back to the stone age, um, hypothetical stone age. So mm -hmm. you and me are living in a stone age culture. Um, I depend on you to go hunt for the food. You depend on me to cook the food and look after the kids and, and everybody else in the, our little group, we have a role to play. If you decided one day that you identified as somebody who is a cook for that day, and didn't fulfill your role of going out and hunting, um, we would all lose out on the food for that day because we depend on you to go and hunt. So as a little culture or a little stone, I don't know what to call it, that group, we would have to hold you accountable for your actions. Um, and you wouldn't really be able to take on those, a lot of these narcissistic traits because our survival would depend on it. But nowadays, we don't depend on each other for survival in the same way. We've got social media. We have all these other things taking place that have allowed this um, narcissism 2.0 to just grow and grow and grow and grow. 
And nobody is holding anybody accountable for these types of behaviors either, because it, I don't know if they just can't or <laughs> they don't want to anymore, or, or we don't depend on our survival to hold these people accountable for those actions either. Right. Well, <clears throat> you know, because I grew up sort of in the hockey world, so I grew up with a lot of, you know, narcissistic coaches, you know, managers, uh, you know, even the, you know, the guy that sexually abused me, you know, had a lot of these narcissistic uh, traits. So what, what are some of the things that narcissists do or say um, to get people to sort of comply. I know they. I know that it's a form of connection for them. But what what would be some of the things that you know, if you're in a narcissistic relationship, what would some of the things that would be going on in that relationship? Yeah. Um... So kind of a multitude of things could take place at the beginning of the relationship. The reason narcissists are so appealing is that they'll love bomb you. So they'll really bomb. They'll attack you with a lot of love um, and they'll find ways. They'll get a lot of information about you. They're very smart um, and they'll know like what sort of things you like. Um, um, and they'll, you'll just feel really attracted to them. They'll create a whole fantasy around who they are to attract you to want to be around them. And also they tend to have a very big personality that attracts lots of people to them. They have a lot of power or they know how to use power. They'll seem really attractive in a lot of different ways. Um, and so you'll get kind of pulled and sucked into that relationship um, but the big thing is they're creating, and I think I mentioned this at the beginning, they create a lot of fantasy, like they live in a very much of a fantasy world. And so they want you, they'll love bomb you, they'll attract you, they'll draw you into that fantasy, and they want you to continue to participate in that fantasy. So as long as you are participating and complying and, and you know, partaking in that fantasy, everything will go well for you. But as soon as you start seeing the fantasy start to crumble and questioning it or not complying with everything they want you to do, they will start gaslighting you. Um, they might become more aggressive. Um, things will just slowly start to crumble. But the tricky thing about it is they will put a lot of it on you, um, not on themselves. Mm -hmm. So then you start questioning. I mean, that's the whole point of gaslighting is you start questioning your own sanity and you think you're the problem in this relationship that you're not being accommodating enough. You're not doing everything they, that they need from you. You're not, you're just not good enough. You're not able to do what they need. You're not, whatever the list is. Um, and so then the, it's like all the responsibility comes off of them. And then you're stuck with all the, the pain, the trauma, the confusion, what have you. If, if, if the narcissist doesn't, like you start to figure this out. Why is it so hard to get out of these kind of relationships? Well, I think as you mentioned earlier too, I, you start developing a bit of a trauma bond with those people too, right? Ah, okay. 
and and it can be sort of so great, but you get so enmeshed in it. Um, and it, these are big, can be really big relationships. These can be family members. These can be significant others, right? And you get, it can be so good at so many times, but yet <laughs> like so awful on the flip side. But I, I, from my own personal experience, you end up just getting so enmeshed in it that that is just what it is. And you learn you learn how to accommodate and you learn survival techniques for being in these relationships. And so until you actually get out of it or you have someone say to you, like, this isn't normal, what's happening in this relationship, you don't, you don't know any different while you're in it. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> so what, what did, what attracted you to this subject? Uh, good question. <laughs> um, I, because I, had... I, I say that because, you know, in society, we don't talk a lot about narcissism. And I would say most, like what you've just explained is the last three years of our relationship with the government, right? So yeah. most people who end up in power have these kind of traits. Yes. Right? Yeah. So. So what drew you towards, you know, this sort of uh, subject and topic? Uh, again, didn't know I was in it until I got out of it. Um, there was a lot of this in my family um, growing up. Uh, and then I ran into it in the working world. I had a boss that was all of this to a mm -hmm. T. And I was quite young when I was in this job, you know, just started working um, and I had no idea what was going on, but like, just kind of looking back at all the tactics she used, like she came across as being this wonderful, amazing woman that you wanted to be friends with. You wanted to be on her side. And then I just started questioning things. I was supposed to have earned days off and I didn't actually report to her. She wasn't my direct boss. She was sort of my client. And so I started taking these earned days off and she's like, oh no, the people who work with me don't take earned days off. And I was like, but I don't work for you. So then it just became like, I'm not, or I don't work. I'm not one of your staff members. I'm just your client. But like, it just sort of started becoming these things breaking away and I would do work for her and put all this time into certain things. And all of a sudden she just up and cancel it. It was done. Um, so like lots of these tactics and I didn't know what was going on. I just got pushed around. Eventually she shoved me out of that job into a different job. Um, eventually I kind of just got pushed out of everything entirely. And like, I was a mess. Like my dad was suffering with fam with uh, cancer at the time and everything. And like, I just, like the amount of anxiety and internal, mm -hmm. um, stuff I had going on. So then, um, kind of fast forward a few years later when I was in counseling and my counselor started talking about narcissism. Um, I connected with Brad on the podcast and stuff and I just started seeing it louder and louder and louder. And then just in talking to other people realized other people had no clue. And when I started labeling it for them, they were like, it was just like the light bulbs went off. Right. And then exactly what you said in the last few years, having all this information helped me navigate what's been going on. Not that it's been comfortable at all, but I've been able to understand what tactics they're using and why, and sort of the undercurrent of the narcissism that's been happening also. So if you were to give somebody some advice who's in a narcissistic 
relationship, which is all of us at this point, right? Um, you know, what, what, would some, what would some of the things you would suggest to people who are dealing with, because at the end of the day, narcissism is abuse, mm-hmm. right? It's a psychological sort of abuse. So how can you steer or navigate yourself, you know, to stay relatively sane? Because, because uh, you know, as we saw, you know, at the beginning of COVID, you know, during the lockdowns and all these things, we saw a spike in mental illness. We saw a spike in, you know... Uh, addictive behavior. We saw a spike in suicidal ideation and then ultimately, you know, we saw people taking their own lives. So I think first and foremost, you know, how do you recognize that you're in a narcissistic abusive relationship with whoever that could be your boss, your spouse, you know, family members, whatever. But how, how can you navigate around that to keep yourself relatively safe? Yeah, it's challenging. Um, I'd say the first thing is surrounding yourself with a support group of people that also are recognizing it and can talk about it and can validate your feelings. Because if you don't have that, like in my work situation, for example, I was kind of floating around with thinking, like seeing my truth and expressing it and then having her come back at me, but nobody's supporting me. So then I'm, so then I start questioning my own self and wondering, well, maybe I am being real ridiculous, you know, wanting these earned days off because nobody else is supporting me in, in this truth, in this reality. And that's really like, that's the hardest part. I think even in this bigger world picture that we're in right now is there's a huge fantasy world that's been created essentially. Um, and we're all being bullied into participating into this fantasy world. <laughs> that isn't truth for me. Um, I know it's not true. A lot of it's not truth for you, no. but we're being bullied into participating into it. And we're like, <laughs> so if you don't have people to support you and holding those boundaries, so that's the other key thing is you need support and you need to start holding firm boundaries. Um, And you need to know what those boundaries are for yourself internally before you go out into these relationships or continuing these relationships, because they will push you and push and push and push and push. And if you don't hold those boundaries, you just become the doormat in the relationship again. So they can continue to walk all over you. So um, you really need to learn how to. So like narcissists tend to be jackass assholes, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) They like to work with the doormats. And walk all over them and get them to do whatever they want. It's the badasses in the middle, the patriot warriors that are standing up and standing firm that the narcissists don't like. And so if you can find a way to be a badass in this world and hold boundaries, um, that's the position you want to be in. But it's very challenging because it's very lonely and isolating because lots of people don't have the courage to do that. If you don't fall in line with the narcissist would they would they use words like call you a misogynist racist you know all all, you know right well especially because like so in that spectrum you've got the asshole the doormat the badass the narcissist wants the doormat to comply and do what they want they want to be able to walk all over the doormat love them occasionally like you know we're all in this together Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
<laughs> but they ultimately want you to do what they want you to do. As soon as you start holding some boundaries and starting to question them, they're going to push back at you because you're, you're starting to crumble their fantasy. So if they start calling you a misogynist, a racist or whatever, that isolates you from the rest of the group and the rest of the doormats that are still participating, they're not going to want to be in that group that's being called racist, misogynist or whatever. Mm -hmm. So they're going to pull back further. And then it makes the badasses who are actually in a healthy, firm position look crazy, whatever, you know, it is It really puts them out and it's going to be harder to get more people to join that group. Right. So I just read something yesterday where it basically said 20% of us are the non-compliant people and 80% are the compliant people, right? Right. So, you know, if you look at, you know, the last three years, you know, it makes perfect sense. It's amazing how, uh, you know, the, the narcissistic leaders on the planet absolutely despise the 20%, right? It's incredible. It really is. They're crumbling. The 20% (laughs) are the ones with the power and the ability to crumble everything they've worked towards. Right. Yeah. So you're their enemy. That 20% is their enemy. They're going to do everything they can to keep them at bay so that their fantasy world doesn't end. Right. Well, it, it's, it just really fascinates me how this is so psychological. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, for me, uh, having been in several psychologically abusive relationships in my lifetime, the last three years has probably been the most difficult of the 54 years I've been on this planet. But from the positive perspective, it has forced me to do uh, so much more healing than, uh, you know, than I'd done in the past, right? Yeah. And so, um, you know, it's a curse and a blessing, you know, all at once. But, you know, you notice, especially if you've been in a lot of abusive psychological, you know, relationships, you notice these patterns that, you know, are developing, you know, especially uh, when it comes to government. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. So. Yeah. So if somebody wants to find out more, you know, how can they get more, first and foremost, more information? And then secondly, how do they get a hold of you personally? <laughs> Well, I was participating in the Neo-Narcissism podcast. So we have episodes on um, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, under the Neo-Narcissism podcast. And the Mm -hmm. website is Mm -hmm. neonarcissism.tv. There's some contact information on there. Um, And then my personal, I think the podcast email is there. And then I have a personal email you can share also if people want to get on. Yeah. Is there anything we haven't covered that you would like to maybe share with our audience? Because I know that, um, you know, I get like 300 messages every day of people who are struggling 
physically, emotionally, spiritually, and I would say that, you know, the common theme is, you know, this narcissistic abuse that we are, you know, that we are facing every day. So, you know, are, are there some tools? Is there some routines? Is there something, you know, that that works really well when you're in that kind of abusive relationship? Well, I would say to people that you're not alone. I think more, this is more common and more prevalent now than ever before. And I think once people start talking about it, they're going to realize that they've been through it to at certain. So they have yeah. to have had it. Mm-hmm. And we've all, in the larger picture, we have been in, in it, regardless if you want to see it or not. Um, starting to talk about it is going to help. Developing a support network, um, having listening to conversations on narcissism, kind of getting a glimpse of the different signs of what it looks like, all the different tactics. And that's something we've done in the podcast. We've broken down a lot of these narcissistic personality disorder traits and really just kind of talked about them and flushed them out. Um, The other thing I would say is that recovering from it. So once you realize you've been in it, say you step out of a relationship or even, I mean, we talk about waking up right now when you're starting to see it for what it is that process of like rewiring and really like seeing everything for what it is takes a long long time right people need to have compassion for themselves um because when you're in it you're in it and you don't know any different until you're out of it um and we all got stuck in it because it works so well yeah Yeah, of course (laughs) Yeah. And so that process, and like, I've had to do that with a lot of my relationships, my family, like it's actually like rewiring and programming. I'm doing this. That's not the right word. (laughs) Programming your head, right. Where you have to go back in your history. And I'm sure you've done this too. And like go through significant events in your head and then see it with a different filter and say, Oh, okay. So that was narcissism in that. That wasn't my fault. What happened in that interaction that was narcissism taking place. And I beat myself up and thought that I was to blame and, you know, I didn't do well. So you have to rewire that and have compassion for yourself and say, you didn't know any better. Um, and kind of like guide yourself through that process. And it takes, it takes time. But I, I would say acknowledging it is probably, you know, the first step, right? is that yeah. I'm in a narcissistic, abusive relationship and, and uh, you know, obviously I, I need support, I need help to, yeah. to navigate my way out of that, you know, that relationship. Yeah. And I would say 100%, like, also expecting yourself to have the tools right away once you recognize it is <laughs> not... Yeah. <laughs> like, you do need, you need well, some be, help. Because that's, that's when you know, they become even more aggressive when they know that they're starting to lose that relationship, right? They get more elevated in their attacks towards you. Yeah, Yeah, because you're their supply. Right. Like you're their lifeline. Right. Yeah. And so it, they can't, they can't supply themselves that same type of energy that you can create yourself. And so if you start pulling away, they're losing that supply it's just like food to them. So they're going to become more and more aggressive. And if you're not prepared for that, you're just going to get, like we call it hoovered. You're going to get hoovered back into the relationship too. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so that, that can be a bit of a push and pull and a challenging place to be if you're not setting yourself up right. So finding a psychologist to work with or a support group and learning which boundaries you want to set. It's like a new muscle you have to flex to prepare yourself for taking those steps away from Mm -hmm. it. Yeah. I just wish we could get rid of that. (laughs) I don't know if you want to call it gene or behavior or, you know, whatever it is, because it's, it's so, it's so toxic. Right. It is. And I, I mean, one friend of mine always says Satan was uh, the world's first narcissist. I mean, it's so prevalent yeah. in our society that it, it's hard to run away from because it's always been there. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. <laughs> makes total sense. <laughs> that makes total sense. That, that, you know, I'm back to what I said at the beginning that we're running away. That is so challenging is this whole accountability narcissists are only getting away with what they're doing because nobody's holding them accountable. Bingo. Yeah. Bingo. Bingo. Yeah. And they bank on that, don't they? Yep. Right. And if you can attack the few people like you and others that are holding them accountable and make them look like the crazy people, then nobody else is going to join in on that bandwagon because why would you want to do that? So if you're a narcissist, is there any type of recovery for you? Can you recover from that? Or do you, do you not even have the awareness that you are one to even go down that path? It's a spectrum. So, I mean, we all have narcissistic traits in us. So, I mean, depending on the spectrum of how much they have, um, typically narcissists don't enjoy going to therapy they will go, you know, to look like they're doing the right thing or, Mm -hmm. you know, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but they're, they're never going to be successful. Typically they won't be successful in that route because I mean, things work for them. Why would they want to change? Yeah. Is that why a lot of, you know, narcissistic people end up in these big power positions? is because they are so manipulative. Yeah. And also uh, you to get into these positions. I mean, this is also like what I observed in my early working world yeah. and then kind of now to get higher up those ladders, you sort of it's groomed to lack empathy to to not like I couldn't be the caring person that I want to be and like and sort of climb that ladder because you wouldn't be successful doing it. Um, so it's sort of like it sort of breeds that power hungry, lack of empathy, narcissistic type personality. On the flip side, it can be a benefit if you're getting attacked a lot to have a little bit of that tougher, thicker narcissistic skin so that, you know, when the fake media or whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. is attacking you, it doesn't really impact you as much. Um so I don't know, but I do think it breeds that. So do we need narcissism in our society then? Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> because, because, you know, some of the greatest leaders that I've been around were guys who actually had compassion and empathy, yeah. you know, and were very, very successful leaders, yes. you know, the type of leaders we have now, you know, 
just breeds so much chaos and so much insanity that, you know, I don't like that type of leadership, that narcissistic leadership. I like the compassionate, empathetic, you know, type of leader. So, you know, it, it's, it's, uh, but there's a, you know, what, there's a fine line there that, you know, you, you either lead this way or you lead this way. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, you're, you're, I mean, those types of leaders that are compassionate and empathetic are the true real leaders that are going to have the success in actually helping people be the best versions of themselves in a loving, compassionate, kind way that is going to have a much more successful outcome except we've gotten ourselves into a position where we don't really foster that or, or make that a priority. So then the narcissists have won or they've managed to make themselves appear that way <laughs> to a certain extent to get to where they are too. Well, I would love to further this conversation with, you know, with more people, you know, I think it's, 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 especially with what's happening in the world today that, you know, a lot of this narcissistic leadership, um, you know, we've experienced over the last three years has caused so much trauma, you know, it really has. And I'm seeing it every day because people are reaching out to me, having a very difficult time navigating, you know, the present and, you know, they're so distracted and so, um, so hurt and you know all these things so you know it's a topic that i'm sure we could talk about for six or seven hours you know so um i i just want to thank you for coming on the show your wisdom is so needed at this time and place that that we are so thank you for watching the patriot warrior i'm theo Fleur.